podcast where best friends and next door neighbors, Willow and Lillian, spill the tea on murder, mysteries, and other things that go bump in the night. So get your favorite teacup ready and let's get into it. Good evening, everyone. This is Cruelty Podcast, and this is Lillian. And with me, as always, is Willow. Hello. Hello, Willow. Hi. Caution. Subject matter of this podcast may offend, so listener discretion is advised. So this month, October, we've been doing vampire killers. And so far, not a lot of actual vampire stuff. Right, they're just kind of like either believe in vampires or are called... Or just like vampire stuff. Yeah, the last two were just... One guy had weird vampire mythos tied into his strange Christianity. And mm-hmm. the other guy was just really obsessed with the vampire aesthetic. Right. This one, however, goes a little bit further. And we got a whole cult going on. Mm-hmm. And not just made of his own family members. Yeah. Why are cults so common in this? We got two of them. Carl, cults are so weird. Cults are weird. As we mentioned before, I still don't understand why it can't be a let's pet puppies cult or something. Nope, it's always let's have weird sex, give me all your money, and now kill yourself. Yep. Yeah, yep. pretty much how it goes just about every time. Nobody can keep their hands to themselves. Nobody can. This is not any different, I would like to point out. <laughs> this one's going to take us to Kentucky. Kentucky. We can make this joke because we're in Arkansas. Yeah, and we get stereotyped as kissing cousins and all kinds of stuff, but that's not really Arkansas. Arkansas is mm. beautiful. Yes, it, it is the natural state. Natural state. Got it's, diamonds on our plate because we're from the natural state. Well, because we have diamonds here. Yes, we do. We have beautiful... Herkimer diamonds. To, oh, Herkimer um, is from Herkimer, New York. Yeah, but they we call have, them that here. Yeah, but and we have should. our own, like version of arkansas diamonds yes but we we have like one of the biggest diamond mines in the u.s in the u.s and And we have some of the most beautiful sought after quartz crystals on the planet that is true Mm -hmm. i've gone crystal mining many times quite fun Mm -hmm. so we can make yeehaw coleslaw jokes yeah because have you heard us talk have you heard us we're twanging we we talk Hey, now, we talk... <laughs> Listen we t- here. <laughs> we, we talk pretty well for people... Well, I mean, you're from Oklahoma, technically. Originally. I grew up in Arkansas, and I, I, I like to think I don't talk so bad. You twang. I, I, you know, I twang and we twang bit. differently, because I have the Oklahoma twang, and you have the Arkansas twang. Right. So this also contains twang. Just, oh, Kentucky. the Kentucky twang yeah. is completely different. Kentucky is like like moonshine, central, I don't even know. She doesn't know. Isn't, aren't the whites from Kentucky? The who? The whites. What's that mean? Oh, they're like the big incest family. Oh, shit, I don't know. I'm pretty sure they're from either Kentucky or West Virginia. Oh, Virginia. West Virginia. West Virginia, that's what I was thinking of. Country roads. Don't take me to that home. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't. Please don't. I don't belong there. (laughs) Thank you very much, John Denver. All right. So we're going to get into it after we were foolish for like four minutes. Sorry for deterring. Yeah. So when Roderick Justin Rod Farrell was 14 years old, he became a frequent user of LSD, amongst other drugs, 
and he used it to escape the trauma of his rough childhood. It was then he began to believe his true name was Visago, and he was both a demon and a 500-year-old vampire. Like you do. You know, I've done a lot of drugs, Willow. I've done a lot of drugs. I mean, almost all of them, just about. There's a few I haven't, like meth. I didn't do that one. I did whenever I was really young and didn't know what it was. I forgive you. Yeah, it's okay. I did crack one time. <laughs> I forgive you 90s. for that. I never did crack. It's whack. <laughs> yeah. I accidentally drank a vial of acid. I did that too. Yeah. Um, not fun. Yeah. Um, and I never I thought I was that. a demon. No, I just mm. thought, oh my, I've taken too much acid. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, same. <laughs> I sure hope I come down sometime this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was fine. It's fine. I'm, yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. Largely. No, uh, this, gosh, when I'm going to get into this about Rod Farrell, man, you can just see the trajectory of where it's going. And once again, God, and I hate this, we're going to have to blame the mama. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Real bad. This It gets worse than you, uh, well, yeah. we'll just get into it more. So he was born in Murray, Kentucky, March 28th in 1980. Rod had a rough start. His mother was only 16 when he was born, and he didn't really meet his father till much later down the road. And so, you know, this is not an excuse to be terrible or do a bunch of drugs, but he, he was poor, and it was just, it was hard. It was definitely hard. Part of the problem was is that Sandra, his mother, treated him more like a friend than a child. And the the relationship was just highly inappropriate when she was around and she wasn't always around. He spent a lot of time being raised by his grandparents. But when she would show up, she was just like a force of chaos and bad influence. So I really think the name Visago is interesting, and this is how he spells it, V-E-S-A-G-O. And it is clearly a bastardization of a, of a name that sounds exactly similar, and that's Visago, V-A-S-S-A-G-O. And that is a demon, an actual demon. Oh, it sounds like a cheese. It does. Mm-hmm. Like Asago or Asiago yeah, cheese. Asiago, yeah, Asiago cheese. Asiago cheese. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like Rod, I got into the occult as a kid. Right. I was 12 years old when I read The Lesser Key of Solomon and the Ars Goetia. And this, these are basically just compendiums of, like, magical spells and seals to, like, summon demons. Look, I was bullied. And I tried church, because, like, I'm going to pray to Jesus or whatever, and make these kids stop, you know, throwing rocks at me and shit. And it, it was, I just found church weird. I didn't find a lot of practical applications. Like, I couldn't immediately send my bullies to hell, for example, where I was pretty sure they belonged. And so I went the black magic route next rattle out of the box. Unlike Rod, I didn't quite take it so far. And it became more of like a lifelong sort of hobby and interest for me. I really like studying the, the occult. It's it's fascinating. And it's not all a bunch of dark robes and stabbing animals and weird sex stuff. I mean, that does figure into it. But not usually. What I find interesting about Visago... So he's a demon in the Lesser Key of Solomon. He's supposed to rule over 26 legions of spirits in hell and is summoned to tell magicians of the past and future events and locate lost objects. He's also known to inspire artists. What's interesting about him is out of like all 
of the demons in the lesser key of Solomon. He's considered, like, the most friendly guy. Yeah, he doesn't seem like a bad guy at all. He's not really a bad guy, Prince Visago. Yeah. He's pretty chill. Um, I mean, I, I haven't read any instances where he, like, cut somebody's head off or, you know. Killed a baby. No, no baby murdering. That's good. Good for him. He appears as, like, a robed spirit. And he's a demon of the air. Cool guy. Cool. Yeah, so it's weird that he chose Visago. And I think the only reason he did is because the name's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds cool, doesn't it? Sound like a vampire name. It's even good. Starts with a V. It, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just think it's weird that an edgelord like Rod would pick, would pick that. Right. Yeah. So at 14, according to his mother, Sandra, Rod got into heroin, cocaine, and crank. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And she was, like, really specific on his drug use patterns, which seems to me you would only know if you were just, like, watching him do it. And that's kind of what I suspect from, like, the research on this, is they were using drugs together. I was about to ask that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, she said that he had terrible rages when he was on cocaine and would be abusive towards her, like, punch holes in walls. It was like, and it was like a switch that would flip. Mm-hmm. Like, he would just, and just go off and go mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, still, like, their relationship to me, aside from, like, mutual drug use together, I know a lot of parents actually do that. They have the philosophy of, like, well, if we're doing it, you're doing it with me, then you're not, like, out on the street doing it, and I can keep you safe. Um, I gotta say the nano on that. Like, mm mm-mm, that's not cool. I... I remember, like, growing up as a kid, because I started doing drugs at 13, and, I mean, I was done doing drugs by the time I was 22, you know? Same. So, um, but I do remember there always being, like, adults present, and now that I'm an actual adult, I would never want to do drugs with a 14-year-old child. That's weird. I hate 14-year-olds. fucking weird. (laughs) They're stinky. They stink. They don't tell funny jokes. Their jokes are lame as hell. They really are. And bless my child's heart. He's 13 and he... He, <laughs> he, he can't tell a joke to save his life, uh-uh. but he thinks he's so funny and well, it's so precious. They think so funny. I love him so much, but I don't want to do drugs with him. No. <laughs> That's weird. Is it just me? Like, if I'm going to do drugs, I'm going to do them with my husband. Yeah. And then do weird sex stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't want any children present for that. Ever. No. I don't want to mention them, think about them, talk about them, or even, like, conjure them in my mind. No, I don't even want them in the house. Not really. They could just go outside or something. I'm loud. Yeah. 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 Sorry about it, kids. It's it's just, I just don't understand that. Uh Uh-uh. Wretched. Mm. So, in addition to doing drugs with her kid, which is fucked up, she started stoking some of his darker obsessions. Probably because she was also into these things. And uh, it was stuff like she took him to see the crow, which influenced his fashion sense, if we can call it that. <laughs> if y'all haven't seen the crow, it's about a dude that dies and then he comes back to life to avenge his dead girlfriend and himself. I'm going to I'm gonna break a goth rule here and just oh, say that no. I don't fucking like them. I tried so hard hell. to watch it. Soundtrack is Mm, good. Yeah. Soundtrack is good. It's got the cure nine inch nails on. It's awesome. Okay. Well, she's a newer goth and they don't know anything, but trust me, the soundtrack to the the first Crow movie is amazing. I tried so hard to watch it cuz I mean, Stupid. I've always seen artwork and stuff from that movie growing up and everything. 
and make people mad. I don't care. I just don't. I didn't like it then. It was boring. And I don't like it now. I'm sorry. It's okay. It can't rain all the time. No. It's a quote from that movie. Really? Because yeah. I really love the rain. <laughs> oh my God. I love you so much. Okay. Okay. I'm with the story. I don't want to embarrass myself anymore. Yeah, you should stop. <laughs> so in addition to her, but like, like they were both obsessed with the movie. Like it wasn't just, Hey, I like the crow. What a fun movie. It was like, she had him wearing her blouses that were like tight and black. So he could feel like the crow and yeah. Sandra also influenced her son with her obsessions like vampire, the masquerade. She was really into that game. This game keeps coming up. Right. Like with the, it's like an offshoot of D and D and it's just, we've talked about it before. You dress up like a Ponzi vampire, pretend to bite your friends and have political intrigue and roll some dice. And, uh, it just really, gosh, it really attracts the weirdos. Yeah. I played it, though. I did. I played it in high school. And actually, me and my husband, Maris, we tried to get into it again, like, when we lived in Tulsa about, like, seven years ago. Everybody was really lame, though, and we just couldn't do it. We tried. But it was stupid and couldn't do it. She was also really into violent horror movies and kept copies of the Necronomicon and Satanic Bible laying around. Okay, the Necronomicon, first of all, and I just want to say this so everybody doesn't get any dumb ideas, was written by H.P. Lovecraft or inspired by H.P. Lovecraft. It's a part of his mythos. Guess what, folks? Ain't real. Fiction. Yeah, that's what I was, I was thinking. Some fiction. And uh, not even... I'm going to commit another goth sin, but it's fine. I can. I don't like H.P. Lovecraft. He was a terrible racist. And he hated women, and he was a big weirdo. Wasn't his cat? The N-word. That's yeah. what he named his cat. Yeah. And you know what? I don't have to stand H.P. Lovecraft or his crappy, boring books. Yeah, Boom. because he was a racist. I can say whatever I want. I hope he's in hell. Well, that's where racists go. So. Yeah. That's where he's at. Okay, so I read the Satanic Bible, too, around that age, because it was being passed around school in the 90s. Oh, my God, Satan. <laughs> and I thought, this is a book for nerds. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, this is a book for nerds. I thought it was dumb, especially like the Black Communion where you like, like, or whatever it's called, the sacrament, and then you lay a girl on the altar and you shove a communion wafer in her twat. What? Calm down, Anton LaVey. Oh my goodness. I mean, it was just, it was like, only love yourself and be, be, be. I was like, it was very edgy and I just did not care. Well, I mean, like, the, like the, the basic... <laughs> doctrine quote-unquote of actual satanism is just very obvious things that people should do like be good to yourself be good to other people well, this is what i like to know. point out because so the church of satan is full of a bunch of edgy neckbeards who don't like women and are pretty racist oh i didn't know. anton lavey was a giant piece of shit um, and I, I could cover them sometime. I can cover yeah. Satanism and the Satanic Panic, like, in a Patreon episode. Yeah, totally. Because they happen to be, like, that was, like, a hyper-focus of mine for a while as far as research is concerned. Because I am into the occult, and when I say I'm into it, I mean it. Yeah, you're, an, uh, like, an actual an occultist. Yes. Mm -hmm. I practice it. Yes. Literally. Yes. Fun hobby. Had some wild times. Uh, but there's so much misconception surrounding it. That it's not like I just tell people I'm a witch because now that's cool, and like it's on Instagram and stuff it's on and witch talk, and that mm -hmm. is not you know that's I don't want to like split hairs, but it's it's really just kind of magic for nerds, 
the occult. Mm -hmm. It's very specific. Mm -hmm. And more than even practicing it, I just really enjoy reading about it. It's so fascinating, and it's pervasive throughout of all human culture right. since the dawn of time. Right. And, you know, a lot of people associate, like, Aleister Crowley with the occult. I hate that man. What a big piece of turd he I was. I that man. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. Ridiculous. You know, he made his girlfriend have sex with a goat. Oh, my God. Yeah. I have an ex that was obsessed with Aleister Crowley, and he's oh. equally as terrible. Repugnant. Mm -hmm. Because if you even research Aleister Crowley for more than five minutes, you're like, ew. He's disgusting. He's nasty. And all of his quote-unquote ideas he got from other people. He like, got from other people. Other not cultists who were smarter than him. Yep. An actual alchemist. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I would love to do a whole thing on that too, but not today. Okay. So, like, like, not, like, all the things I mentioned, the crow, vampire, the masquerade, like, the satanic Bible, stupid Necronomicon, those things are harmless. 99.9% right. .9 of the time. Right. And he, she also let him watch really violent horror movies. And, hey, I love horror movies. Although, I'll be specific, I don't like slasher flicks. Yeah. I don't like torture porn. Why? It's, there's no plot there. Ooh, crazy weird guy stabbing you a whole bunch of times. It's not scary. There's, like, some really hot chick, like, running around, like, like, oh, he yeah. titties. And then he's like, stab, stab, stab. Yeah. I just dump, don't. Don't run upstairs. Run out the front door, you fucking idiot. And, bitch, if you trip. <laughs> Every mm. time. <laughs> so frustrating. And why is the like stabby man always got to wear a dumb mask on his head? Right. They got a hockey mask or a Kirk Captain Kirk mask. Captain Kirk mask. Michael Myers in Halloween. His mask is actually Captain Kirk from Star Trek that they no. just spray painted white. Yes, bitch. Google that shit. Really? Yes, and oh, I had no idea. I'm really glad my useless trove of knowledge comes in handy. I love this. this. It's very fun. <laughs> We learn here, and you can learn with us. So, yeah, and another thing is that he was a goth. And this directly contributed, along with a Columbine school shooting, mm -hmm. to goths being just shit on even harder than they already were right. in school. Right, right. Um, like, 90s culture was sort of fascinated with goths. You know, we had Marilyn Manson, who's a shithead. And then uh, we had... You know, the craft movie. So mm -hmm. now every girl wants to be a witch. Because mm -hmm. Ferruzio Balk is hot. She's so hot. She's so beautiful. I love that mouth. Oh, I love her mouth. Calm down over there. Oh. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> and, you know, so, like, the goth thing, like, I just pointed out because he was just an outcast in every way. Right. Yeah. And to me, like... All these kind of harmless things are fine, but if you have somebody who's already really mentally disturbed and on a bunch of crazy drugs and has a parent who's really iffy, mm. you know, and into this stuff way more seriously than just like that's a cool movie and that book is funny and dumb. Like, so she was currently on probation in Kentucky for trying to engage a 14 year old boy in a sex act. Now, it's beyond just that because they were pretending to be vampires. It was a vampire ritual. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah. Y'all can't see it, but I'm, like, just beating my head with my spit guard. Like, I'm just <laughs> so mad about that. It's not... It is not okay. Foul. 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 But, yeah, all this stuff. And, again, if she's going to be... In, I just think she was inappropriate with him and it messed him up super bad. I mean, if she was doing things... Now, that is all Sexual. speculation. That's all speculation. 
because he's never accused her of anything like that. But I mean, but come I mean, on. If she was, but she was definitely accused of doing sexual things with a fourteen-year-old. Absolutely, yes, she was convicted. And, and if that was, yeah, and if that was the case, big yikes! And her son was fourteen at the time. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, there's. I know correlation does not equal causation, but. Mm. Well, I narrow mine eyes, Willow. I do too. Indeed. So, in school, of course, he was an outcast. Now, all of his, like, fellow classmates are all talking like, giddy up, yee-haw, bang, bang, pew, because it's Kentucky. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry about it. <laughs> but not this guy. Rod does not talk like that. He talks like this in a very precise manner. I mean, you can hear some twang, but it is clear he is trying to set himself apart as an intellectual superior. From Ooh. Transylvania? From somewhere. <laughs> Straight from hell. And so this did attract people to him because in addition to being just a creepo, uh, he was very charismatic. These people always are. And so he caught the attention of a fellow student named Jaden. And Jaden was really into vampire stuff. I mean, he didn't need Rod to get him into vampire stuff. He was already there. He played Vampire the Masquerade. He had a whole group of friends that did it. They got into it as more than a game. They said that they were a family, and they practiced the vampire lifestyle. And I'm saying it like that. Vampire lifestyle, y'all. <laughs> Cue some banjos. What, some Transylvania banjos? Somebody, you know, True Blood did the whole Southern Vampires thing, but that show went Dumb, dumb I, as hell. I never watched it. Just don't. I tried to watch the, the first, first season. The first season is kind of fun, and then it just goes off the rails, mm -mm. and I can't hang. But it's it. this is like an episode of True Blood, only lamer somehow. And so these kids, what they mean by vampire lifestyle is they would all sit around uh, in, like, somebody's house, and, uh, and they would drink each other's blood and, I guess, have sex. I don't know. And talk pretentiously. I want to suck your blood. Well, they wouldn't do that, but they would talk in big words, like, you know, triple word score and Scrabble. <laughs> and so, when Jaden Murphy met Rod, he was impressed with him. He thought he was a cool dude. He was edgy. They both wore all black. They both thought vampires were fucking baller as hell. <laughs> And so he befriended him. Jaden befriended Rod and then told him about his vampire lifestyle. <laughs> I wish y'all could see her face when she says that. <laughs> One more time. Vampire lifestyle. <laughs> Sorry, it's just so stupid. So, <laughs> I hate that people died because of this. It makes me vampire so Vampire lifestyle. <laughs> vampire lifestyle, y'all. <laughs> oh... Okay, so Rod was immediately, of course he was, interested in this shit. He was right. already a 500-year-old demon vampire named Visago. <laughs> Duh. Duh. And so Jaden was like, dang. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you meet me at the cemetery and we'll make this legit? Yeah. And what that means is they cut each other's arms and drink each other's blood, and that meant Jaden was now his sire. So, Jaden effectively became, like, Rod's father figure. He filled in that role as his sire. 
And so he treated him like a son. And Jaden frequently called him the chosen one. And I don't know what the fuck that means. It's like he's Jesus vampire. No, we already did that one. Yeah, but I know. But he's like the Jesus version of vampires. He's the chosen one. Or like Neo from The Matrix. He's the Neo of vampires. I hate this. Okay. Kind of, this is what's starting a cult right now. Um, Jaden is the leader of this friend group. And he doesn't, he doesn't really tell them what to do. It's not like that. They're just hanging out, kind of making out with each other, putting on bad eyeliner and, you know, playing in each other's blood grossly. Yeah. And talking silly. It's harmless is what I'm saying. It's gross and weird, sure. It's sort of stupid and laughable right. and cringy. That's what we'd call it. Super cringy. I wonder where Jaden is today. I could not find any. You know he's just disappeared off the face. Yeah, he's like, please don't call me Jaden. Well, no, my yeah. name's Frank. We know yeah. that. So where Jane was like really sensitive and kind of in touch with his feelings and kind of just a misunderstood teen who used the vampire role playing to kind of have a niche and a place to fit in, he was largely harmless. Rod took it too far right away. During blood play, he would cut people so deep you could see muscle. <gasps> oh, yeah. No. Yes way. Yeah. He once killed a kitten by slamming it against a tree. He went into these deep psychotic rages where he had delusions of grandeur, where he wanted to kill everybody in town and he wanted, or make them all vampires, and he was going to rule over all of the world. And unlike Jaden, who believed that this was kind of largely a symbolic lifestyle, like he would, he doesn't think he can like turn into a bat and fly around and live forever. Right. He just thought it was a lifestyle, like just something fun, the, the cultural thing. They like, I don't know what culture, nerd culture, I don't know, lame loser club culture. It's a vampire lifestyle. It's a vampire lifestyle, y'all. <laughs> you know, and it, it just involved dressing stupid and drinking each other's blood. That part just grosses me out, sorry. I do think vampires are neat, but I don't think people pretending to be vampires are neat. It just, they make me laugh. But I'm going to dunk on them a little bit. Rod sincerely believed he was a vampire and a demon. Jaden was done with Rod after the incident with the cat. He started talking about killing people in town too, and then and Jaden wasn't into that. He betrayed the rules of their little role-playing group by threatening others, engaging in blood play behind Jaden's back. Then the incident with the cat, coupled with the threats against Jaden's fiance and Jaden himself. He cast Rod out of the group. Oh, you can't like play Satan. pretend no more. You gotta go over there. And you know, I get kind of like it's all part of the game too. I feel like they now had like this rivalry, and it was a fun time. But but Rod couldn't handle it. It like really fucked him up because again, this is his father figure. Right. Okay. So he had a he didn't deal with this well at all. So in retaliation, he decided to start his own group, consisting of Charity Kissy, and that was his girlfriend. Dana Cooper, who was just another friend, and Scott Anderson, and this girl named Heather Windorf. All these kids had troubled backgrounds like Rod, and this is what he named his cult. You ready? Oh, no. The Vampire Clan. Such an anti, it's a, such a letdown, isn't it? Yeah. You'd want it to be like Visago's Vampires or something fun. Right. Or like, you know, I don't know, Vampire the Masquerade has cool names like Bruja and Toreador and stuff. Really, Vampire Clan? It's not creative at all. Yeah, it's a total letdown. It is a like, total letdown. Mm. She's like, 
Okay. I guess sure. are there t-shirts? Stupid. So Charity joined with Rod's cult in 1995 because she felt isolated and because Rod was her boyfriend. They'd been together for almost 11 months during this time, and she was supposedly pregnant. She took part in the same bloodletting ritual that Jaden and Rod had. All members of Rod's cult were required to engage in this ritual, where they went to a cemetery and drank each other's blood. Despite his relationship with Charity, it was his obsession with Heather Windorf, who had dubbed herself Zoe, that started him on a path of bloodshed and violence to a single horrific act. So Heather would frequently, Heather was kind of different than the rest of the group. All of them were all troubled teens, outcast at school. Heather was pretty and blonde and just kind of seemed seduced by the darkness, you know. She liked the edginess, mm. the good girl gone bad type of mm, yeah. nonsense. And she would frequently tell Rod and her, other, her new family of cult members about the abuse she suffered at home at the hands of her father. And, you know... Oh, this is rough because I'm always inclined to believe a victim. Right. And I think you believe first mm -hmm. and then, you know, you at least listen with belief and then do some due diligence. Don't start accusing folks out of nowhere. I'm not into that. And, and not always being suspicious first. Yeah. And yeah. some of it like seemed to back her up when her family moved to Florida and made her go with them. And she was 16 at the time. And it just devastated her. She had to leave her friends. She had to leave mm. her cult. And that's very distressing. Mm. And this only seemed to increase Rod's obsession with her. Because he couldn't have her type of deal. So phone records show they spent hours and hours and hours on the phone every week. Because of her constant phone calls with Rod, Heather's grades started slipping. And her parents became concerned with this behavior. So they took the phone away. Because you would. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wouldn't. I'm just going to be honest. No, like, I don't believe... And Okay, here's where I'm going to get some hate mail or something. I don't care. I don't believe in punishing children at all. I do believe in setting boundaries with your children, especially, like, your adult and teenage children. But punishment has literally, in my experience, never worked or been a deterrent against behavior at all. It makes them act worse, become resentful and hateful. Conversation. Conversation. Conversation is what helps children. Absolutely. Because, I mean, think about when they go into the real world. Are they going to get their toys taken away? No. No. What's really going to happen is that... They'll ruin their life. They'll ruin their life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as parents, we want to exert that control because we don't want our kids to go through the same shit we went through. We don't want them to have a hard time. But a key word in there is control. You don't have it. Yeah. Put it down. Yeah. Be gentle. Be a safe, soft space for your children and just talk to them. That is how I've resolved every issue with my kids. And you know what? Not only are they good students, but they're good people who don't get And they trouble. respect the fuck out of you. Damn right they do. I'm a saint. Mm -hmm. I don't yell at them. I don't spank Absolutely. them. No way. Absolutely. Because I respect them too. Yeah. They're, they're not, children are not dumb little puppets. Right. They are underdeveloped human beings. Right. They need our guidance. And Absolutely. so anytime I see something like this in one of these cases where they just really punish that kid super hard, the outcome is always bad. And I'm not saying if you took your kid's phone away that they're going to then murder you because it's ridiculous. But I think, right. think about it next time. Sit down and talk to them. Find out what's really going on. Why are they hurting? Why are they acting out? You'll exactly. learn some. Yeah. Well, when they took Heather's phone away, this infuriated Rod... Again, he had control issues, obviously. 
Rod then commanded his cult that they had to save Heather from her parents. They had to go to Florida to save her. They would then, all of them, move to New Orleans, presumably because they'd watched Interview with a Vampire. <laughs> it came out around that time. Yeah. And New Orleans was cool. It's where all the vampires hung out. Right. And that movie was, that's a good movie. I really love that movie. It's beautiful. I really do. Everyone's in it sexy, and I want them to make out. Mm-hmm. And I really felt bad for um, Claudia. Kristen Durant. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool story. I, I've read good. all just about everything Anne Rice has ever written, and her books start going off the rails for me with a lot of incesty stuff. And you know, oh, I can't no. hang. Makes yeah. me want to yak a doodle do. <laughs> it's not a part of my vampire lifestyle, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have no kissing cousins around here. No, and you know, I my family, I wouldn't pee on them if they were on fire, let alone fuck them. God. Anyway, so the drive from Murray, Kentucky to Eustace, Florida, where Heather lived with her mother, father, and older sister was 750 miles. I was just about to ask how far away that was because that seems like it'd be quite the drive. It is quite the drive. Mm -hmm. Along the way, their car began to give them trouble. So Rod came up with this master vampire plan that they would steal Heather's parents' car to continue on to New Orleans. Rod clearly had ill intentions for Heather's family from the start. The rest of the group seemed to, at least at first, think this was just a road trip, the start of a new life in a better place. They were troubled teens running away from home. Now, this is debated pretty hotly, whether they knew what was going to go down once they got to Florida or not. Rod definitely knew. Um, Scott Anderson, I may have gotten his name wrong. I don't think so. Also knew. Uh, but whether the girls knew, Dana and Charity, right, kind of up in the air. Where does the premeditation mm-hmm. lie? Yeah. So Charity claims that she did know, and she tried to talk Scott and Rod out of it. But she's also proven to be unstable and kind of a liar. So, you know, right. I don't think Dana knew, given the, like, interviews that I've watched with her. Um I just, I don't think so. I don't think she So when they arrived at Heather's home, Rod took her to the cemetery and performed the bloodletting ritual with her, making her an official vampire. Official. Official. The following day, on November 25th, 1996, at around 9 p.m., Rod and fellow cult member Scott entered the Windorf house through the garage. Rod and Scott had decided to murder Heather's parents, It would be Scott who killed Heather's father, and Rod would kill Heather's mother. Rod was armed only with a stick, which is some stupid shit. Yeah. It just seems to me, if you were a 500-year-old vampire demon, that you would think, maybe I need, like, a knife or a gun. Anything other than a stick. It was a fucking stick he found in the yard. Idiot. But he found a crowbar in the garage. There you go. Rod... And Scott found Heather's father, Richard Windorf, sleeping on the couch in the living room. For several minutes, they watched him sleep, which is oh, creepy. God, that's creepy. Now, then without warning, Rod attacked. He bashed Richard over the head with a crowbar 22 times. Miraculously, Richard was still breathing. And this pissed Rod off, so he stabbed him in the chest with the end of the crowbar. Which is nuts to me. Can you imagine how much force that would take? Yeah, because it's not sharp. No, and your chest is full of bones. 
you sure have to break is. those bones All with right. a blunt object. Yucky do. Yep. Now, <laughs> I have a very good imagination, y'all. Let's just put it that way. So Scott didn't participate in the actual murders. He just couldn't bring himself to do it. He just stood there as Rod danced around like a maniac. Now, here's where... It's, this is just awful. So Rod also branded the body of Richard with a V for Visago. Branded? Branded him. Like a, with a ca cattle brander? I don't know what he used. He had a lighter, and I think he heated up like a knife or something, and he branded him with a V and several dots. And each one of those dots represented a, you know, a member of his cult, and the V was clearly for Visago, his alter ego. Now, Rod claims in his confession that he was going to let Heather's mother, Naomi, live. She came out of the shower and went into the kitchen where she ran into Rod. Now, he claims she rushed him and threw hot coffee on him. He decided then she had to die, and she fought for her life. But he beat her until she let go. Then he beat her with the crowbar some more and stabbed her with it until she died. So this is a disturbing quote from Rod concerning the murder of Naomi that he made during his confession. By that time, you know, it was pretty obvious. I had blood on me and a crowbar in my hand. I was fixing to say, yeah, I want to have coffee with you, son of a bitch and smart ass. But anyway, then that's when she lunged at me because I was actually going to let her live. But after she lunged at me, I just took the bottom of the crowbar and kept stabbing it through her skull. And whenever she fell down, I just continually beat her until I saw her brains falling on the floor. Because that pissed me off. Damn. This guy is cold. Yeah. He has never, rough. to this day, never expressed remorse. He said it was a bad choice. But that's about as far as we get with remorse for this asshole. And yeah, it's, it's rough. These people were completely innocent. They didn't even know the guy. Right. I mean, Heather hadn't right. been friends with him for that long. And it's not really her crowd either. No. She just kind of thought they were She cool. just fell in with the wrong people. Mm -hmm. He then went into the back bedroom where he stole a hunting knife, a pearl necklace, and the keys to Heather's parents' car. Heather claimed she had no idea he'd gone in and killed her parents. She feared the worst when he left the house, covered in blood, carrying the bloody crowbar, However, despite this, Heather claimed she didn't know what Rod had done until they were well on their way to Mississippi, when there they dumped the evidence of the crime in the Mississippi River. And she claimed she didn't try to get away or talk to the police or another adult or anything because she was completely in fear for her life. But, okay. Yeah, let it, let it go. A guy comes out of your house covered in blood, and the only people that are there are your parents. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh. It's fine. It's fine. That's not a dead person's blood. Not my parents' blood. Mm -hmm. That's just blood, because he's a vampire. Totally normal. Yeah, I never bought that either, to be honest with you. And, and I he's watched, carrying yeah. the crowbar. And you know, this guy's dramatic. It's not oh, like he he's is. going to be, like, hiding it either. He's going to be walking out as if he's, like, Swinging the guy from Crow. Yeah. You know, like... He's, yeah. He's gonna be very obvious with the fact that and he really and got off on that of murder. Himself. He got off on that murder. He yeah. said it really energized him. He, he felt like full of life and 
You, and you know he got in the car and had to have something to say about it, too. Yeah, he's like, I smashed him real good. Fuck yeah, I saw our brains pop, pop out and fall on the floor. Like, Jesus. you know, yeah. he... Again, I don't buy that shit. Right. Because Dana, when interviewed, said she knew immediately what happened when he got back in the car. Right. Him and, and Scott. And the girl was already mad at her parents. Mm-hmm. So it's, I'm not saying that she told him to go kill her parents. Or that she knew that's what he was doing when he was in there. But the minute he walked out covered in blood, swinging around that crowbar, she should have known and bolted. Yeah. But I mean, to be fair, I don't know about bolted, but at least taking the first opportunity to fuck off. Yeah. I would have. If I was in the car on a road trip with somebody who just killed my parents. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely attempt to escape at some point you know you stop at a gas station i'm gonna run to the back room call 911 yeah and get the fuck out of there absolutely now again charismatic picks on weaker people he can control right i do think there's something to be said for that i don't i don't victim blame i do think heather was a victim in this i understand that i do yeah yeah um yeah so they arrived in baton rouge louisiana with every intention to go to new orleans However, Jennifer, Heather's older sister, had come home only a few hours after the murders and called the police. So the police are already on their tail. Charity, Rod's girlfriend, called her grandmother for money while they were on the road, and Charity's grandmother called the police. Wow. They were all arrested at a Howard Johnson hotel. Not very glamorous. Not in, like, a crypt. Not in a crypt. No. That's not a part of the vampire lifestyle. I was about to say, that's... that's Howard Johnson. It's not very vampire lifestyle. It's not very vampire lifestyle of you. <laughs> yeah. So during Rod's confession, he claimed all the other vampire clan members were innocent. But only Heather Windorf avoided charges. She was never charged with any crime. She also confessed that her parents had never abused her. Wow. Terrible. Can you imagine? Mm. You made this up to fit in with the edgy kids, and then they kill your parents because you just wanted to have sex with the edgy guy. I just think she had a crush on him. Right. Yeah, and she wanted to run away from home. How right. do we all? I mean, I, I definitely tried a couple times. I ran away successfully a couple times. Yeah. yeah. Lived in my car. It was fun. It wasn't fun. So Rod received the death penalty. At the time, he was the youngest person on Florida's death row. Scott Anderson pled guilty to and was convicted of being a principal to first-degree murder and was sentenced to life without parole. However, in December 2018, Scott was resentenced by Circuit Judge Don Briggs to 40 years in prison. Anderson was given credit for the 22 years he'd already served, and his first eligible release date is scheduled for 2031. Look, I'm not saying he doesn't have some culpability or guilt here, but he didn't kill anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a yeah. life sentence for not killing people right. is a bit much. Right. He was also 16 years old. And this is part of finding it unconstitutional to sentence a minor, if they committed the crime as a minor, to sentence them to life without parole. So that's, that's a new ruling that's been handed down, like, in the last, I think, 10 years. And, you know, that came up in the first case we talked about with the guy who killed the, the mother and the baby. Mm-hmm. He tried to get off on that, but he was 22 fucking years old. Fucking idiot. Not smart, that guy. Right. Caleb Farley. So, 
Charity Kissy was convicted of two counts of third-degree murder, robbery with a gun or deadly weapon, and burglary armed with a weapon or explosives. She was sentenced to 10 and a half years in state prison. Dana Cooper was convicted of those charges as well, but was given a 17 and a half year prison sentence. Charity was released in 2006 and Dana in 2011. Now, as, as an aside, mm-hmm. I'm going to say Charity got less time because she made the phone call to her grandmother. And she had even said Rod had done some bad stuff. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's weird that they got charged. Um, so hard. Well, because they were just in the car. They, they didn't go in inside. The they didn't steal anything. No. They didn't do anything. She never handled the weapon. They, yeah, they were just in the car. Boy, I'm going to tell you, they threw the book at the, them kids. They did. I mean, I get it. I do, but I do but... think their sentencing was too harsh. And, um, because again, I do believe people involved in cults are victims. They've been right. brainwashed. Right. These were vulnerable girls. A, a thousand percent. I believe Scott mm-hmm. is vulnerable as well. His life was Really that poor guy was probably he was really traumatized, so traumatized. yeah to him it was just play acting that went too far right like i'm i'm assuming he he had the change of heart standing there he didn't want to kill yeah him. yeah i'm not saying he didn't need jail time he did right but more likely all these kids just needed therapy rod excluding As, let's ex- he's a psychopath yeah. yeah i mean he definitely needs therapy but he yeah. also needs life in jail um but I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think that that as a teenager, such underdeveloped minds and with such poor impulse control, very poor mm-hmm. impulse control, still have really big imaginations from childhood. Um, I feel like the idea of killing someone isn't as cemented in reality. Oh yeah, well, consequences uh, for your actions aren't something that really hit you as something concrete until you're about twenty five years old, right? And I, I'm really, I'm really against heavy sentences for minors, regardless. Mm -hmm. Rod's a bit of a different story. We're going to talk more about him here. There are a few special cases that come to mind that I'm like, no, that I don't care if that's a child. That child needs to go away for the rest of all eternity. To protect himself and others. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But again, with a lot of mental health. Focusing on the mental health, because Rod is clearly really disturbed individual. Right. You know, he had all the classic signs, very bad upbringing, warped mother, possibly abusive in very bad ways. Right. And then hurting animals. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, he just had all the all the classic signs. Right. So Charity confessed that she knew that Scott and Rod planned on killing Heather's parents and attempted to talk him out of it. And that's another reason that they believed she got a lighter sentence. Charity got in trouble though, in prison for drinking another inmate's blood. Huh. She was still into it. Years later. Wow. Yeah. That's how pervasive, like, Rod's brainwashing was for her. Wow. As for her pregnancy, that was a lie that Farrell told investigators. I'm going to guess it was to try and see if it would get her out of trouble. He thought he was smarter than them. He was very arrogant when he was arrested. He didn't think that he'd get the book thrown at him. He told Charity when they were alone in an interrogation room together that he thought he'd get three to five years. Wrong. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, they're just the hubris. Right. It's ridiculous. Rod was diagnosed with autism and schizotypical personality disorder. Not 
surprising. As for mm. the autism, ooh, I just hate including it because I think nine times out of ten, even more than that, that autistic people aren't violent. I know a lot of autistic people. Mm. My husband and my youngest son, and they wouldn't hurt a flea. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I think the autism shouldn't even be like included in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Now the schizotypical, you know, schizotypal personality disorder. Oh, maybe. maybe. Yeah, definitely, because a lot of times um, those types of personality disorders stem from really traumatic experiences in childhood. Yes. Um, because the brain isn't. I mean, again, isn't fully developed, but it's like even more so. Um, underdeveloped and, well, and and in this particular case we don't know if it's nature versus nurture or just a combo of both which is what I kind of lean right. on for this but one. I'm not saying that like all like schizotypal personality disorders um, come from this but most of them come from a very traumatic childhood yeah, they're because also, the brain wants to yeah. escape what happened to them and compartmentalize their trauma put it away, and create something new. Although, you know, recent studies have come out that it is some under possibly underdeveloped brain stuff going on. Yeah. Or, like, misfiring synapses, that Definitely. type of low yeah. development in the empathy centers of the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, um, again, we're not uh, psychologists. No, but we like to... Speculate. Speculate. And, you because know. you want to know why. Look, y'all, I, I'll be, I'm going to be real with you for a minute. I wish it was like a little... The more you know kind of song we could play. So I had a very abusive and traumatic childhood. Mm -hmm. My mother was an alcoholic, uh, abused me every which way that you can be abused. I was made homeless when I was 17. Um, Yeah, and I've got a lot of trauma. Right. I suffer from dissociative episodes frequently Mm -hmm. where I'm just, I just lose time and where am I? Nobody knows, including me. But I'm not violent. Right. I know somebody with schizoid disorder. Mm-hmm. They're not violent either. So, I mean, I've known people with, like, borderline and stuff like that. Right. I don't like the stigma. Right. And right. so, again, I go with this as a nature-nurture combo along with him just, boy, I just think there's evil inside of some people. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I hate to, excuse me, I hate to get woo, but I'm gonna. And I just think some people full of demons. Maybe he wasn't lying. Right. I mean, the vampire shit's ridiculous. And maybe it wasn't that demon in particular. Could be. It's a demon. I know it says it's a nice one, but that's... uh, No demon's nice. Right. Yeah. Because I don't want to say, oh, Visago's a cool guy, and the next thing you know, people are like, well, I'm going to talk to that. Don't do it. Yeah. Unless you're experienced in the occult and you have like 20 years or more. I have 30 under my belt. Just don't. Unless you have experimented with it, then please send us an email. I want to hear about your experiences with the occult. Have you done some weird shit? I want to know. Tell me, please. But back to this case. But yeah, like you were saying, you know, I just think that we're like when these people, these evil, murderous type of people, when they mm-hmm. are, um, when 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 they're, um mental states come into question and they start to say, well, because they had these types of conditions, mm-hmm. they murdered. And I, it's really like 99% of people with these quote-unquote types of conditions 
aren't murderous. No, you know? like not even psychopaths. Most no. psychopaths don't kill anyone and most, make very good bosses. Right, and well, and I mean, most psychopaths, you know, are not violent. No, they're not violent. They may be in a padded room because they might hurt themselves. Not or, even then. Or you know, yeah. they they might. They We're might. talking the vast majority of people with these conditions who are supposedly the scary ones aren't and it's a stigma that needs to stop right the only reason i mention it is it's part of the case it's part of the research and it and it could be it a mitigating factor is right. what i'm going to put right. in there right. it's not the whole pie it's a piece of the pie right i do think that him him being steeped in violent bloody satanic evil shit from like early childhood on plus putting drugs in there during the formative mm. years especially hallucinogens of course his grip on reality is fucked right so, I mean, he that's never, just not a surprise. He never had the kittens and cuddles. and No, Rod and never had a chance. No. But I watched a lot of interviews with him, um, a lot over the years, and he will tell you he knew it was wrong, and he did it anyway. He said, I wanted to decay. I wanted to be completely decayed. He wanted all moral goodness out of him. He just wanted to be bad. And that sounds like he's chock full of demons. That Don't sounds like something a demon would say. Doesn't it just? Mm -hmm. It is what demons say. They I they love the smell, the taste, the everything of decay. Yeah, they're made of shit and they want everything to be shit. Yep. So another interesting point that in this case is how Rod blamed Jaden for this entire thing. What? Jaden Murphy. Oh, the his friend. He even told him so Jaden got a chance to sit with him while he was on death row and a couple years later after the murders and talked to him. Um, a documentary made by HBO, Undercover, uh, I think it was called The Vampire Murders. I don't recommend this documentary, which is shocking because HBO documentaries are fucking great. This one's, it's just corny and it sucks. It's a lot of like slow motion goth kids dancing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. set to ominous spooky sounds oh, well, and clips it. from Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh my God. Y'all, come on. We could do better than this. Right. But what was interesting was that interview they got set up. So Jaden asked him, hey, why did you do this? Right. He's like, you ruined my life because he felt guilty mm -hmm. in his own way. And uh, Rod replied to him that he felt abandoned by his father. He was a father figure and he said, I love you as a father right now. And it was very cringy, but pitiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the only empathy I feel for this guy. The first time he met his father was at his trial. Now, hey, a lot of kids grow up without dads and don't kill people. Right. A lot of people get abused by their dads. So, I mean, it's a thin excuse. And I think that, that Rod didn't even sound like he believed that shit when he said that to Jaden. Mm -hmm. He sounded like he was saying it to hurt him, to get a one last fuck you in there. He even, like, his eyes twinkled and he, like, kind of smiled. You know what I'm saying? Ew. Yeah, he's creepy. He's so what has become a rod now? Because as I said, it is unconstitutional to sentence a minor to death or life without parole if they committed the crime while they were a minor. So in January 2013, an appellate court dismissed attempts by Roderick Farrell and Howard Scott Anderson to get a new sentencing hearing. Hearing, However, in December 2018, Howard Scott Anderson was resentenced by Circuit Judge Don Briggs to 40 years, as I mentioned. Um... Ruth Wendorf's relatives attended Anderson's resentencing hearing and did not oppose his early release. So Heather's mom, her family came there and they were not opposed to him getting released early. He didn't kill anyone, Scott. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm still I talking, talking about, about Scott. Ron. 
Well, they kind of had this kind of in it together sort of deal. So, <clears throat> excuse me, speaking with the Daily Commercial, they said they're more concerned about Farrell, who was scheduled to face his own resentencing hearing in July of 2019. Farrell's resentencing hearing was then moved to November 18th and then again to April 2020, and the sentencing judge upheld his life without parole sentencing. The judge in this case called him irredeemably corrupt. I agree. I agree. I yeah. agree 100% on that one. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I just think it's interesting. The last update we had was last year. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. Right. And I'm glad they kept him in jail. Again, he shows no remorse. Mm-hmm. He said it was wrong and it was a bad choice, but he never says I'm sorry. Right. That's like saying, like, oh, I shouldn't have made that move in chess, but, you know, I'll try to redeem Alas. myself later. You know? Yeah. Like, He's just, he's upset that he got caught. He's not upset that he did what he did. Proud of it. Yeah. He acts proud of what he did, for sure. Right. He loves the idea of himself as a bloodthirsty killer. Still, as far as I know, believes he's a vampire. And he even said, like, "Uh, I kind of thought I was a god, but I guess if I'm here, I'm not a god. Ah, he doesn't sound convinced, does he? Mm -mm. I think he believes that he's some kind of powerful demon. I wonder what it's like to share a jail cell with him. Bad. I wonder if he gets beat up in jail for being a fucking nerd. And an edgelord idiot. <laughs> and he's, oh, he shows his art in the documentary, too. Oh, it's just bad. No. It's just bad edgy skull stuff and, like, demon-y vampire stuff. And I just thought, man, they're just gonna, they're just gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna get a bag of oranges and just beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> Bag of oranges because it's Florida. No, because yeah. bag of oranges doesn't leave bruises, but it hurts like a bitch. Really? That's a thing? It is a thing. You're welcome. If you ever want to beat the fuck out of somebody but not leave any physical marks, bag of oranges. Mm. I learned... That may not be true. I'm just going to say, I learned that from a movie. I don't remember which movie. <laughs> Maybe Full Metal Jacket. Probably was. Full Metal Jacket. You've never seen it. You've never seen anything in your life. Nope. It's a very disturbing movie, but it's a good one. Yeah. Cool. It's fucked up. It's about Vietnam. Vietnam. (laughs) What the fuck was that? That wasn't even an accent. You just sounded like a horrible garden gnome saying it. It just reminded me of uh, Forrest Gump. (laughs) Lieutenant Diane. Don't. Don't. That movie's bad. And I hate that movie. It's a shitty fucking turd of a movie. No, I do not like the magical handicapped person trope. It makes me mad. It's offensive. On several fucking (laughs) levels, it's offensive. The whole Jenny storyline, offensive. Forrest Gump, the character, offensive. Lieutenant Dan, who just horribly offensive. (laughs) The, um. Don't. Don't. The. His mother like having sex with his teachers. Oh, it's offensive. Have, who's the the uh, shrimp boat captain? Yeah, Bubba. That's, that's Bubba. <laughs> that is the most offensive part of the whole thing. Well, it isn't any good. The whole thing is bad. It's offensive trope after offensive trope. Weren't the nineties like that though? Go and watch any movie or it's comedy from the nineties. It's not aged well. None, none of no, it. No, Ace Ventura can't watch that. That's terrible. Trans jokes in there. Oh no. Okay, I gotta throw it in the trash. Fucking gross. Terrible. 
Yeah, Forrest Gump's right up there on my list of do not. <laughs> I never thought about how offensive it was until you brought it up. Bad. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's, that's absolute trash. <laughs> it's just a turd <laughs> of a movie. I remember I got taken to the theater to see it, and I was like, I don't know how old I was. I want to say like 13 or something. And I just sat there and thought, wow. This is the stupidest shit I've ever seen in my fucking life. I don't know how many times every year in history class we watched that movie because my teacher didn't want to do anything. Okay, you guys, can I just pause for a minute and say, in Arkansas, they made you watch Forrest Gump in history class. Multiple times, every year. Not a historical film, that. (laughs) Horribly inaccurate, racist, offensive. (laughs) It's just gross. It's a gross turd. Of a, I am so upset right now at the state of our education system. Uh, 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 they made me watch Schindler's List. Did they? I bet they didn't even let you see Schindler's no, List. No, this no. is Yeehaw, Arkansas is why. No, I had to watch Schindler's List, and I had to go to the counselor afterwards. I was like, well, that fucked me up. <laughs> One side and then down the other, and I need to go home. I need to just go home and lay down. But Forrest Gump, really? Yep. <sighs> Lord of mercy. Were any of our new friends, our listeners, ever forced to watch Forrest Gump in school? Are you also from the South? If so, <laughs> I, I just want to know. I'm so curious. Please send a message. Please, please tell me. I must know. If you went to Bentonville, Arkansas, home of the Walmarts. <laughs> and the Duggars. And the Duggars. Wait, that's Which... Taunty Town, Arkansas. Oh, yeah. Taunty yeah, Town. It's still the same area. It's around the well, same area. We'll have to talk about the Duggars at some point. Just We're because... going to. I'm going to do like a, a pet Patreon episode on the Duggars because yes. it's from around these parts. Yes, and I actually uh, went to the car dealership of the Duggars. Did you meet a Duggar? I met one. You met a Duggar? The Fuck. worst one. Oh, the touchy one? The one that we're going to talk about on our Patreon. I hate that guy. I hate that guy, I too. I hate the whole family. Mm-hmm. They make me want to... Huyuk. Yep. That's goofy. That's a goofy noise. It's not a barf noise. That's the noise that Goofy makes when he fucks. According that is to the disgusting. memes. disgusting. Yes, you're welcome. Oh. I'm on the internet. Why aren't you? Why don't you know this already? <laughs> I need to go home now. Yeah, you don't feel safe. Okay, so I want to do a little business right at the end of our podcast. I didn't want to interrupt the fun. So now you're at the end, probably when you'll just click off and not listen to it. (laughs) Most people have already left by now. I know. But but I just want to, if you're still here, please, please don't go just yet. Please think about supporting our Patreon. Why? Because we have more episodes there that you're not going to get anywhere else. In addition, all of our episodes are there ad-free for a mere... $5 $5 a month. Mm-hmm. And we'll entertain you. Yep. We will. We'll give nope. you extra pictures. We'll give oh. you extra content. Hold on. Not dirty yeah. pictures. Well, maybe we'll set up an extra Patreon for the dirty. That's an OnlyFans. <laughs> well, OnlyFans is crashing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't want to show anybody my nip knops anyway. You can draw nip knops for them. I will draw you a visual representation of my titty tas, <laughs> but you're not going to actually... I mean, it depends. Depends on how much we're talking. But anyway, please go check out our Patreon. All of the links are around and flying everywhere on our social medias. And we have so many cases that we want to cover. And we have themed months. So anything that's not on our theme of the month is going to go into Patreon. So you're going to get two to three, maybe even four times the amount of content in Patreon that you're going to get. Uh, on Spotify or Absolutely. wherever Because we're going to do about, oh, anywhere from four to six episodes a month. Mm-hmm. And then on Patreon, you'll get all that plus an additional three to four. Right. 
and they're uh, they're a little more racy, perhaps. And we might, you know, add more details. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that we we did a couple episodes talking about the town that we live in, you know, and and which sounds really lame, but it's not. Oh, we live in the coolest place in the whole wide world. But that's true. You know, you'll get to know us better. Absolutely. And then, hey, if you liked this and you thought this was a good podcast for some reason, I'd like you to like and subscribe. You hit the little bell that notifies you and there's an episode. Share it. Why? Because we want to have more friends. Help me have more friends, please. Mm-hmm. And again, feel free at any time to send your own personal stories, be it true crime related, spooky stuff. Did you see a UFO in your backyard? Tell me about it. Right. Yeah. But otherwise... Good night, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Find us on your social media platform of choice. Linktree slash cruelty has all of the links. Check out our Patreon for exclusive episodes, merch, ad-free episodes, live ghost hunts, and much more. Please be sure to subscribe. New episodes are uploaded weekly. Thank you so much. See you next time. Music and production by Willie B.